to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's up? This is Preston Shuttlesworth popping in because this week for the Last Gen podcast, all of you Last Geners, uh, which I coined the term in the first episode that I hosted, and I don't know if that's caught on, I'll be honest, but if it has, then that would make me very happy because in a world of Caitlyn Jenners, we need some Last Geners. And uh, I know that those that are listening right now, you're part of that that tribe, that group. And so I'm happy that you're on, listening wherever you are, whatever time you are listening to this, and uh, guest hosting for my friend Alex, who I know you love very much and is doing a great job with this ministry. And uh, it's so important to begin to digest and hear the Word of God consistently from a very young age. You know, I can tell you uh, from my own life, my own personal testimony, that's the testimony of my life. Growing up, not just in a Christian family, but a family full of those that gave their lives to the full-time work of the gospel, it wasn't just growing up in church or being religious or being a Christian, but it was hearing the Word of God preached and taught so often that it became second nature, you know, that instead of having uh, memorized 15 songs that are unclean and, you know, you know, every single, for instance, uh, starting player on your favorite NFL team or your baseball, favorite baseball team. Instead, you hear the word of God so much that you can quote scripture out of your spirit. And not when you're 35, not when you're 45 or you graduate high school or finish college, but even if you're 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, that you can have the scripture of God's word in your heart to the point where you have an answer and you're equipped to not just deal with life, but to be an overcomer and to be victorious in the life that you've been given by God. And so that's what these podcasts are for. And I believe that this episode will bless you. And I want to get right into the word of God. But I do want to pray before we go to God's word and deal with a subject that I think will help you very much. And I've entitled this, and I'm always bad with titles because you know, usually when I minister, I kind of just flow with what's in my spirit, but I've actually given this a title and I've entitled this teaching that I want to give you today, how to guard, <clears throat> excuse me, how to guard what God gives. And so let's pray over this teaching and I pray that it will minister to you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single one of my friends that are watching. Well, they're not watching, Father, but they're listening. And I thank you that they've taken time to be in your word and to hear your word taught to them. And I thank you that your word will produce many things in their life. I thank you that it won't just be some religious thing or just to waste time. This is not a Netflix binge watching session. This is not uh, us going on TikTok reels or Instagram reels and just wasting time. But Father, this is a dedicated time that we've set apart to hear your word and to have you minister to our spirits. And so Father, I thank you that you do that for all of my friends. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So I want you, I don't know if, if you listen to these with an open Bible or you have your Bible next to you when you listen to these, but if you do, or even if you want to listen on your phone and then look up these scriptures on your phone while you listen, that would be great, I think. And these are some great scriptures to help you understand this topic that we're going to talk about. 
But I want to talk about guarding what God gives you. And the first scripture I want to I want to show you and read to you is in Proverbs, and it's Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. And, you know, it's interesting because the Lord put this in my spirit because I just got back from uh, preaching a youth camp in New Hampshire. And if you follow me on social media, you saw what God did. You saw the pictures, the testimonies. Um, you know, people our age, you know, I'm 23. So sometimes when I host these podcasts, I can feel like um, Steve Buscemi in that meme where he shows up with his skateboard over his shoulder and he's like, hey, hello, fellow kids. But he's so much older than everybody else. But I like to think I'm still in, in high school in, in a certain sense, not in every sense, because I don't want to have to go to Algebra 2. Um, but <laughs> anyways, I, you can get around this place where God does something great for you, like he did in that camp for so many young people um, in New Hampshire. And it's, it's powerful. It's what we need. We need the Holy Ghost to move. We need the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We need the word taught to us. We need delivered. You know, a lot of those kids got set free. You know, I can tell you a few testimonies of what God did. You know, there was a girl that came to that camp on the first night. It began on a Sunday night and went through Thursday afternoon. The camp did. And on the first night, she came with a girlfriend, not present with her at the camp, but she was dating a girl. She was in a homosexual relationship. And on the first night of camp, I felt to give an altar call for salvation. You know, that seems to, the Lord kind of leads me in that direction many times if I'm preaching somewhere for consecutive days. Uh, on the first night, I always give people the opportunity to repent of sin and to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. Because, you know, if you don't get that done first then everything else in the Bible won't be available to you if you haven't uh, repented of sin and asked the Lord into your life. And so I, I did that on the first night. This girl um, prayed the prayer. She answered the altar call for salvation. You know, I could see the conviction of God hit her spirit. I could see, you know, tears in her eyes. I could see the Lord touching her and calling her to uh, repentance and to live a life for him. And so she did that. And not only did she do that, but she actually called her girlfriend, they told me, that night and broke up with her. And said, you know, this is not right. This is not something that's for me. Um, I know that God's real. And I know his word's true. And this is not something that I have to, I can't keep this in my life if I'm going to live for God. And so she broke up with her girlfriend. I'm telling you, this is powerful, a powerful testimony. Broke up with her girlfriend that night. The second night, Tuesday, or excuse me, Monday night, she got baptized with the Holy Ghost. God touched her by his power. And then God kept touching her uh, throughout the camp. And then on that final um, day of the camp that she actually answered the call into full-time ministry that I gave to uh, the students that were there, the teenagers that were there. And so you think of that. You go from coming to camp, not even knowing why you're going. Maybe it's just because you have a friend that goes to church and they invite you and you don't even know what it is. You know, you've, you've come to youth camps before. You've been to VBSs, whatever. You've had some experiences with church and things. And you just have this idea that it's just some boring guy gets up and gives a speech or gives a talk. And, you know, it's just a very shallow experience. And you just are there to get it, the service over with so you can go do the activities of the camp or do the archery or do the, the swimming or whatever. You know, and you're not even there for the services. You're just there because of it's, it's a nice camp. It's a nice thing to do in the summertime, but God touches your life and, you know, sets her free from sin, you know, sets her free from homosexuality and that relationship that she was in and then fills her with the Holy ghost. And then by the final night, she's saying that she wants to spend her life as a worker for the kingdom of God and be in the ministry. I mean, think how powerful that is. 
And I mean, it's just amazing what God's doing in our generation and everything that he does. But think of how sad it would be. And I think that this is why this is in my spirit. But think of how sad it is, you know, a testimony like that or a testimony like you might have. You know, I know Alex has been doing such a great job with you guys and you guys have been witnessing to your friends and maybe now your friends that were unsaved listen to these episodes and and follow the last gen ministry. And it's amazing what God does. But our generation has to understand from teaching and the word of God, how do we maintain our fire? How do we guard what God gives us? Because what God gives us is precious. What God gives to those that call upon his name, what God gives to those that he changes their life forever, it's the most amazing thing on this planet. And so we have an obligation I have an obligation, for instance, as a minister to teach you from the word of God, how to keep what God gives. And so I want to show you this today or tonight, wherever you're listening, whatever time you are, and give you practical things from the Bible of how do we keep what God gives. And so one of the ways that we guard what God gives is by the power of confession, the power of confession. So let's read Proverbs 18 and verse 21. I have an ESV Bible. Um, it's a great translation if you if you enjoy the Bible and you and you want a Bible, the ESV, the English Standard Version. It says this in verse twenty one of Proverbs eighteen. It says death and life. So understand both things, death and life, both exist, are in the power of the tongue, the tongue, your mouth, your speaking, your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Or its fruits. And so I want to talk about confession when it comes to guarding what God gives you. And so what do I mean? How do those things coincide? How do they go together? Well, once God sets you free from sin, you're no longer a sinner. Now you've been made righteous, not by your own works, but by the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for your life. And then you accepting that sacrifice that Jesus made, that has made you righteous. That though he was righteous, he became sin for us that we might become, the Bible says, the righteousness of God through Christ. And so, you know, one of the most common questions, and I'm sure Alex would agree, I'm sure anybody that's done youth ministry or young adults ministry or, or student ministry will tell you, the number one question that people ask and they need help with is how to stay holy, how to live pure. And this coincides because... Once God saves you, once you answer an altar call, once God, by his power, by the blood of Jesus, saves your life and changes you, you're no longer the person that you used to be. You're a new creation. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that. And so you can't go around after God gives that to you, after God sets you free, delivers you from sin. You can't go around telling people that you're just a sinner saved by grace. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And it's just this, you know, they have that religious sound of their voice, you know. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, brother. I'm clinging to his hand every day. And I'm just living my life one day at a time by his grace, brother. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, you know. And it might sound pompous. It might sound religious. It might sound holy, but it's not holy. Because holy speaking aligns with the word of God. And so we have to come to a place as, as young believers, as Christians that are young, on fire, want to serve God, that we're no longer sinners. We're no longer sinners. We used to be, but no longer. That person's dead. You know, the Bible teaches that. We're not, we're not zombies that God, we were dead and then now we're just 
God's spirits in us that we're living this, the same life as the same person. No, we've been born again. It's a born again theology, a born again belief that the person I used to be, I'm not that person anymore. You know, that girl that was a homosexual in, in that kind of lifestyle, she's no longer a homosexual. Well, I'm a recovering homosexual. I'm a recovering drug addict. I'm a recovering pornography addicted person. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Listen, you were, but no longer you've recovered. Amen. You've recovered. You've recovered by the power of God. You've recovered by the word of God. You're not recovering. You've recovered. And so what happens is when people don't guard their confession of what they speak over their life or who they are in Christ is what happens is they trap themselves in the endless cycle of religion, I'd call it. It's an endless cycle of religion. You know, every altar call, they answer every altar call. Why? Because they, they feel the guilt and the weight of things that they've already let go or they should have let go. Otherwise, it wasn't true repentance. But you have to get to a place where you say, I've been set free. I've been set free. I'm a brand new person. I've been born again. I've been washed clean as white as snow by the precious blood of the lamb, by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And so I'm guarding what God gives me by my speaking. Guard what God gives you by your speaking, not by worship, not by uh, prophetic dance ministry, not by flag waving ministry, not by prophetic paintings, not by poetry. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to rag on all that kind of stuff, but we get so emotional as, as young believers that we don't understand the word of God to the point where we can actually walk out this life. We, we don't walk out this life by putting on a worship album for 16 hours a day and then praying for 15 seconds and reading one scripture. You got to flip your habits. You got to switch that around. Worship's good. You know, all those things are wonderful. The presence of God is wonderful. Singing to God and worship and praise, it's wonderful. We need it. But you got to get to a place where you know what you believe about the Bible. You know what the Bible says about you, about your future, about what God's already done in your life and guard it by agreeing with it. What, do I, what does that mean? Guard it by agreeing with it. Let's go to Job. I'll give you the second scripture. First was Proverbs 18.21. Our second scripture will be Job uh, 22.21. Job 22.21. It's actually funny. I, I, I use the scripture in the camp, and I asked the kids to turn there. And, and while I was doing it, I, I completely forgot where Job was. Job is before Psalms, just, just for future reference if you need help. If you're a struggling preacher and uh, you can't find your scripture and now you're embarrassed, uh, it's before Psalms. And Psalms is very easy to find. So anyways, our second scripture for this podcast, uh, Job 22 verse 21. Let's read it again in the ESV translation. It says this, agree with God. Think of this, so so simple yet so powerful, this scripture. Agree with God and be at peace. Hallelujah. Thereby what? Thereby good will come to you. And then let's just to drive it home, read verse 22 as well. Receive instruction. I love that. You know, I've, Teddy has so many great lines, but I love that line that he says, God doesn't teach us by destruction. God teaches us by instruction. And so that we see that here in, in verse 22. Receive, not destruction, but instruction. Receive your command. Receive, you know, your path, the guide, the, the blueprint of, of your life. Receive it, what? From his mouth and lay up his words 
in your heart, receive instruction from his mouth and lay up his words, where? In your heart. And so guarding what God gives, you understand something. I guard what God gives me by agreeing that what he gave me, it belongs to me. And that might sound simple, but really so many Christians get tripped up on that. So many Christians can't put those things together. Well, you know, um, our family, we, we don't really have nice things. You know, our family, listen, I don't care who your family is. And I say that because, and I come from a great family, but listen to me. It doesn't matter what's happened in your family. It matters what God can do with your life. God will start with you. Well, my family's not like yours, Preston. I don't come from the kind of background that you come from. It's not, it's not so as easy for me as it is for you. Listen, why can't you be the one that says, you know what, enough's enough. Why can't you be the one that draws the line in the sand and says, you know what, I know what's right and I know what's wrong. I know what God has said about me and I agree with what God has said about me by his word over the report or the words of the world. And I say, I, I shall have the best life, the best relationship, the best job. I'll go to the best school. I'll have the best things in life, not because I'm selfish, but because my God is the best. <laughs> my God's a good God. You know, we shouldn't be going around in life with our heads between our legs or our heads down, crying, moping, pouting, complaining, doubting, in disbelief, in fear. Why? Because our God, hallelujah, knows our name. Our God has set things in order for our life. He knows the path that he has for us. He said if, that we, if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he'll make our path straight. He said if we delight ourselves in him, he'll grant us the desires of our heart, Psalm 37, 4. My, I'm happy. The Bible says happy and fortunate is the one whose God is the Lord. And so I guard what God gives me by guarding the word that he put in my heart. You know, Jesus taught on this where he said, be careful because once the word comes into your heart, there will be things in life that will try to steal it out of your heart. Write this down if you take notes for these podcasts. What I have given to me by God is worth guarding. Yes, and also anything that's valuable is worth guarding. So you ask yourself this question, you know, why do why are we under attack? Why do things come in life that try to steal the word from our heart? Because it's valuable. It's more precious than gold, more precious than silver. It's the most valuable thing. And and sometimes, many times, often, the devil and the kingdom of darkness and and problems in in this world they understand what's in you more than you understand what's in you, the devil, you know, and, and things that come in life. And so what happens is the devil wants to take it from people more than they want to keep it and guard it. But we guard it by confession. We guard it by agreement. We guard it by confessing over our life what God has already said that he wants to do for us. Agree with God. What a powerful life lesson that is. Agreement with God agreement with his word. Well, our family, we don't have nice things. We're, we're a kind of a frugal people. We're kind of a cheap people. No, maybe you used to be, but guess what? Now you're in God's house. Now you're a child of God. Now you're someone that has nice things. Now you're someone that's going to go to places and do things that your family's never done. Not because you're better than everybody else, but because your God's better than anybody else's God. Why should somebody that lives for the devil have more than someone like you that lives for God? Why is it okay for Drake 
the rapper to have his own private plane and spend millions of dollars on the interior of his private plane. And, you know, when the Toronto Raptors won the World, uh, not the World Series, wow, that's a different sport, the NBA Finals, when they won that championship, it was okay for him to go on his plane and, you know, bring drugs, bring women on the plane and fly it around the city of Toronto in celebration, do all, doing all sorts of crazy, crazy sinful things. And, and that's okay for someone that doesn't serve God, that's going to crack hell wide open and is being used to have a negative impact on society and the world. Why is that somebody that should have more than the child of God? It's not right. Our God's a great God. Our God is a supernatural provider. Our God is a deliverer. Our God's a healer. Our God, hallelujah, is the only true and living God. And so our lives as young believers, I don't care if you're 11, listen to me, 9, 10, your life shouldn't look the same. Your life shouldn't be in chaos. Your life shouldn't be in despair. Your life, well, I come from a broken home. Guess what? It ends with you. Well, our family, you know, my mom, she had cancer. My grandma, she had cancer. My great-grandma, she had cancer. And I know that one day the doctor's going to call me into his office and tell me that I have, I'm going to get cancer. No! Uh-uh. Well, it runs in my, in my bloodline. Listen, you got a brand new bloodline. Hallelujah. The blood that used to flow through your veins, it's not the same anymore. Hallelujah. The Bible doesn't say that we've been made new people. It says we've been made new creatures or creation. Hallelujah. Our very nature changes when we come to God. Everything that was evil, all the curses. You know, <laughs> I went to Bible school, and I know many of you have been considering Bible school and, you know, have that desire to uh, pursue the call of God in your life by attending Bible school. And Bible school is funny because the people that you'll meet, they believe some funny things. But there's this whole belief of generational curses, and there are people that believe that even after you're saved, that generational curses will follow after your family and your family line. And when you have kids, that that curse goes to them and it's come through the father and it comes through the, the male of the house. And I mean, weird stuff. And, they're, and, they're full, and they believe in the blood of Jesus. They believe they're saved on their way to heaven. But a generational curse is on their life. Listen, when, when, when you speak like that, and this is why it's important how we guard our lives by confession, how we speak. When you speak like that, you give the devil an open door, a foothold, the Bible would call it, to have the opportunity to put that on your life because you agree with it. You agree that that curse is yours. You agree that that negative thing is going to be in your life. Guard your life by agreeing with the good things. And the good thing is his word. Listen, there's no promise from God's word that's evil. Everything that God's promised us is good. Everything that God's promised us is good, so agree with it. Don't be, you know, there's that story. Think of this, of the 12 spies. There was 12 in total in the beginning, and they went in to spy in the land, the, uh, the land of Canaan, the promised land to the people of Israel. And the Bible says that there were 12 spies. They came back. Ten gave not just a report that was different from Joshua and Caleb, who gave a separate report, a, a different kind of report, but it says they gave an evil report of unbelief. An evil report of unbelief. If you take notes, write this down. Unbelief is evil. Unbelief is evil. Unbelief is evil. Not believing is evil. Well, how is that true? 
those that don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he was raised for the, from the dead for, on their behalf and accept him as Lord and Savior, they'll go to hell. And it's, and it's activated by the power of believing and then confessing uh, with their mouth and they, and they receive salvation by believing in their heart and then confessing with their mouth. And so understand something. Belief activates righteousness. Belief activates righteousness. And so you think of that story again, going back to the story, that it was an evil report of unbelief. What was it? The report that said, oh, there's giants in that land. You know, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. Oh, they're going to eat us up. They're going to destroy us. They're going to they're gonna mess us up. We can't go in there and think that we have any ability to overcome them. They're going to they're gonna destroy us. And these are God's children talking like that. You know, you think of that. It was an, God's children gave an evil report of unbelief. Ten of the 12 spies did. But then you got Joshua and Caleb. And I love the faith of Joshua and Caleb. And this is who I want to be like. This is who I want you to be like, that though there might be an obstacle, excuse me, though there might be an obstacle, though there might be a problem, though there might be a giant in the land, though there might be a lion, a, a lion's den, though there might be a fiery furnace, though there might be a gallows that Haman's making for God's people, though there might be, um, you know, food shortage and gas prices going up and people on mind medication and people taking their life at young ages and, you know, all the evil things that we see even in our present world, not just the stories from the Bible. Even those things, though those things exist, it doesn't mean it's going to touch me. It won't touch me because like Joshua and Caleb did, I am going to come back to God with the report, not of unbelief and evil, but of righteousness and belief, righteousness and faith. If you take notes, write this, write this down. Righteousness and faith go together. Righteousness, hallelujah, I feel the anointing on that. Righteousness and faith go together. They're like a tag team. They're like a one-two combo. They're like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Or, you know, obviously no one understands that reference because they played in the 90s. But they're like um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. <laughs> or maybe that, even that's old now. That was like four years ago. They were good. But God's word and, and excuse me, faith and righteousness are a one-two punch. They're dynamic. They, they go with each other. And so living righteously is not being religious. Living righteously is doing everything according to God's word, and then that puts you in right standing. You know, righteousness really can be broken down into this, right standing with God. And how do we have right standing with God? We obey his instruction. We obey his instruction. I want to show you a scripture in John chapter 14. And if you follow me on, on Instagram, you saw I had like a whole big rant. Because th th these clips I see, and I'll just rant for a little bit on here. Why not? These clips I see on Instagram of these terrible preachers. I I'm not, I'm not going to be afraid to say it. They're terrible. And they're not terrible because they're bad people. They're terrible because what they preach sends people to hell. What they preach sends people to hell, gets them comfortable by living unrighteously. Oh, you can live unrighteous and God's grace covers this and covers that. Sending people to hell. People will burn in hell for eternity because of terrible preaching like this that I saw. And so that's why it makes me mad. It's not because I'm a jerk and I'm some hypercritical person that just wants to, you know, say everyone sucks and I'm the best. I'm not the best. I can name off the top of my head probably 50 preachers that are better than me, much, much better you know, probably 10 in my own family, 
you know, but so I'm not this hypercritical person that wants to just get in arguments all the time, but I care about my generation. I care about those that are listening to this podcast right now. I care about your life. I care about where you end up. I care about your eternity. I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to spend your eternity in heaven and, and hopefully with your family and all those that you love, but it's not going to happen by telling people they can go down a certain path and play on train tracks and play with fire, play with knives and TNT and dynamite and not kill themselves and not have a life of destruction and pain. Take someone to say the truth in love. And the truth in love is not to tell people they can live how they want to with no consequences. The truth in love says, though you're weak now, though you need help now, I'm going to bring you to Christ who will be your strength and you won't be weak anymore. That's what the gospel does. That's what preaching does. That's what the word of God does in our life. But if we have this idea as young people, and it happens because of preaching, by the way, that we can live however we want, we can do whatever we want, and God doesn't bat an eye at it. It's not true. It's not true. And I'll show you in John 14, verse 21. This is Jesus speaking. And I would say Jesus was a pretty good expert on the gospel. And, uh, you know, some of these Instagram preachers might disagree with Jesus when it comes to the gospel because they know more than Christ, I guess. But I think Jesus was pretty good with the gospel. I think he had a pretty powerful, impactful ministry. And so let's read verse 21 of John 14. It says this, whoever has my commandments, what are the commandments of God? They're the word of God. What we've been talking about this whole podcast, 30 minutes in, it's the word of God. Whoever has my commandments and not just has them, but keeps them. So that's, that's a two-step process. I'll just pause there. You know, it's not, you have to not just have the word of God. You have to keep the word of God. Well, I know what God said, but I'm going to do this. No, because God's spoken to you and you have his word, now you keep his word. And then that's what activates the blessing of it. Whoever has my commandments or my word and keeps them, he it is, or she, he or she, it is them, or who, he or she, who loves me. Well, that sounds like a, a conditional love. God's love is conditional. God, I said God's love is conditional. Well, how many know God's love is unconditional? That's a lie. If God's love was unconditional, why do people burn in hell? God's love is conditional. The condition that you accept the sacrifice of, of Christ's sacrifice and his blood. That's the condition. You know why? Because Jesus in his earthly life met every condition. Why do you think, do you think Jesus, let me just rant for a bit because this is good. Do you think Jesus was going on to, to the clubs on the weekend? Do you think him and Mary Magdalene were hooking up in his car before he preached the Sermon on the Mount? Do you think Jesus was, you know, had a wine in Women's Wednesday Bible study? You know, I don't get it. These, do you think Jesus had a, a crack and cocaine children's ministry? And uh, before he would pray for the little kids, he'd give them uh, a little bit of PCP? I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand where we get this doctrine that, you know, God's love's unconditional. If God's love is unconditional, why did Jesus have to come to the earth at all, you genius, and die on the cross? Because Jesus had to meet the condition. And so God's love was expressed to the world by sending Christ. Well, God, God loves everybody. No, God doesn't love everybody. God doesn't love everybody the same. God loves the righteous and he hates the wicked. I could give you 50 scriptures about that. And the reason is Jesus satisfied God's wrath by dying. Well, I don't understand why Christ had to die. Because he had to pay the penalty of something that we deserved as humanity. 
He didn't deserve it. He lived sinless and he was blameless. Yet he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God through him. Well, God's love's unconditional. No, it's not. Meet the condition. You got to meet the condition of God's love. Well, God loves you if you go out and you smoke crack and you kill your best friend and you kill a whole uh, hallway of people. God loves you. No. God loves Hitler just as much as he loved Billy Graham. Really? You, you, you're going to whole messed up theology there, buddy. Because God doesn't love everybody the same. God loves those that keep his commandments. I said God loves those who keep his commandments, his word. Store it in your heart. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, it doesn't really matter, brother. Oh, it, it matters. Oh, it matters. We're a cause and effect people. What does that mean? God will do this if we do that. Everything in the Bible is conditional. Everything. Why do we teach holiness if it's not conditional? Why do we teach that you have to give to get, to receive from God and seed time and harvest? You have to sow an offering. Well, God's, God's uh, promise of seed time and harvest is unconditional. Whether I give or not, God will multiply it back to me. What? Like, what if we applied that thought process to everything else in the Bible? It's insane. It's insane. And we have a generation, and, and you guys won't be part of it, but we have a whole generation that's deceived by this grace message that's no gospel, that has no power, that changes nothing. It might build crowds. It might, it might give people goosebumps. It might, it might move them emotionally, but it's not the gospel. God's love is not conditional. I mean, unconditional, excuse me. God's love is conditional. And God's love was unconditional, by sending his son who was Christ, Jesus, to live a blameless life. You know, because we'll explain that verse. Uh, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, exactly. So, so listen, that was the condition. The condition that needed to be met was there had to be a savior. There had to be someone that was fully God, yet fully man. And Christ was that sacrifice. He was that lamb that was slain before the whole world, John the Baptist said. And so... God's love is not unconditional, but it was expressed in the, in the giving of his son. Well, how do you explain that scripture that says, for God so loved the world that he says, yeah, exactly. Think about it. God loved the world so much that he gave us Christ. But now that Christ has been sent, now that Christ lived that life, now that Christ was crucified and died and he shed the blood, he paid the price and he opened up the way. Now that Christ did that, the condition has been met. It was sent unconditionally, but the condition must be accepted by humanity. That's why it says that God's not willing that any should perish. He's not, he doesn't want people to perish. He's a loving God. But you have to accept the conditions that he's given. And the condition is Jesus is Lord. You hear me? The condition of being a Christian is that Jesus is Lord. It's not your buddy, not just your friend, not just your elder brother. He's your Lord. What's a Lord? A Lord is someone that lords over you, commands you, gives you instruction. The one that sets your routine for the day, sets your agenda for the day. He's my Lord. He's not just my Savior. You know, a generation that all they want is a Savior, but no Lord. Let me tell you something. Salvation's free. Receiving the love of God into your heart, being a brand new person, that's free. But living the Christian life will cost you something, cost you everything. 
I said it will cost you everything. Living holy, confessing what the Bible says about you. It goes a long way. I said it goes a long way. Guard what God gives you by doing it. Guard what God gives you by the supernatural power of confession and righteous living. The supernatural power of confession and righteous living. Two ways that we guard what God gives. Why? Because it's valuable. Why? Because we must. Because I don't want to go to hell. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And while I'm on the earth, I want to bring heaven to earth. How many know one day in heaven we'll walk on streets of gold? How many know one day in heaven we'll be strong in our body? We'll be we'll have uh, be in lack of nothing. One day in heaven. One day in heaven. One day. I don't like one day in heaven theology. I'll spend my eternity in heaven, but while I'm on the earth, I'm kicking the devil's butt every single day. Every day of the week, every hour of the day, every week of the month, every month of the year. I'm kicking the devil's rear end. I'm kicking his sorry head in every single day because I've been made righteous. Think of that. Righteousness is the master key. Righteousness is the master key to everything that God wants to give. You know, I was in that camp. And I gave that analogy. It's actually a, a Bishop David Oyedepo quote, righteousness, or, or excuse me, holiness is what he said. Holiness is the master key. And so what's a master key? A master key is a key that they give that has access to every door in a room or a, a building or a camp. You know, there might be a storage room key. There might be a bathroom key. There might be an office's key. There might be a cafeteria key. There might be that key and that key and that key for all those different rooms. But then they'll print something or they'll make a copy of a key that is the master key. And the, what the master key can do is it can open any door in the camp. Hallelujah. Think of this. Holiness is that master key. That master key can open and give you access to any room in the camp, any section of the camp. And so holiness is the master key of God. That righteous living produces what I need on the inside of me to access every single thing in God's word. And so guard what God gives. And the, and the best thing about God is he doesn't, he's not a maintaining God. You know, I'm teaching about maintaining and guarding what God gives you. But the, 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 the blessing part is that it increases. Amen. That it increases. And so as we guard it, God will increase it. But God's not going to increase something if he knows that it, there's holes in the bag. What does that mean? Why would God pour more into your life if there's holes in the bottom of your basket or your bag or your cup? It would be like, you know, going to a fast food place and you get your large Coke or your large whatever Sprite, you know, that McDonald's Sprite is like literally crack. Um, but anyways, if you went to McDonald's and got a soda and there was a big, uh, not a big hole, maybe just a small hole, three small holes in the bottom of your cup. And, you know, you put your soda in and you can't understand, you know, <laughs> it's kind of silly to think about, but you can't understand why, you know, it keeps diminishing, why your Sprite, uh, your, your, your crack sprite uh, keeps diminishing and lowering in the cup. You're like, I don't understand this. You know, I love, I love McDonald's, but my my cup, you know, it's just diminishing. It's draining. I don't know why. I'll tell you why. Because there's holes in the bottom of it. And how ridiculous would it be to keep going over to the soda fountain machine and keep hitting the button on the sprite button and filling up that cup, and then it keeps all pouring out because there's holes in the bottom. In the same way, why would God give you anything more than what he's already given if you haven't put safeguards in your life to maintain what he wants to pour into your life? Well, I want God to increase me, brother. I want my ministry to go to the next level. I want this. I want that. Well, fix the issues that would cause things to not retain, to lose what God gives. God's not going to give you more if you can't keep what he's already given. God blesses what we guard. 
If you take notes, write that down. God will bless what I guard. God will bless what I guard. You know why? Because God doesn't make foolish investments like I did with uh, cryptocurrency. But anyways, but God doesn't make foolish investments. God makes wise investments. God knows what will be profitable. God knows what will bring increase. And I want to be a person, a servant, and I want you to be as well. Someone that when God gives us something, it multiplies. This ministry will multiply. Last gen youth will multiply because Alex is a great steward and he's, he's an excellent worker and he's anointed. And so guard what God gives. God gave Alex this ministry. God gave Alex this podcast. God gave Alex the Instagram page and all of you guys that listen. You know what? He's anointed and he's smart and he's a hard worker. And so this is going to multiply because he's guarding what God's given him. And then God says, okay, I've seen the faithfulness of my servant, Alex. Now my hand of, hallelujah, my hand of blessing is being poured out and I'm going to give him more than what he has. Hallelujah. He that's faithful over little shall be ruler over much. That's how God works. But if you don't maintain what God gives and guard what God gives, what's the point of him, of him giving you more? Well, I want more. This, I want this year to be even greater than last year. Well, guess what? Put some safeguards in place. Guard where you go. You got to check your relationships. Check your atmosphere. Who's around me? Who do, who do I allow to speak into my life? Who do I allow to touch what I'm doing? You know, you don't have to make out with somebody to find out if they're a good uh, potential spouse. Don't do it. It's insane. Like, why let someone in so close that's not even saved? Or maybe they're saved, but they don't believe like you do? Understand something. The Bible says, surround yourself with those of like faith. What is like faith? That means that even though someone might be a Christian, they shouldn't have full reign and full access into your life. Have safeguards in place. Keep people at arm's distance. Are you saying, Preston, I can't love on my friend? I can't be a witness to my friend? No. But I'm saying you can witness to them without taking them out to dinner and talking to them on FaceTime for seven hours every night. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's not that complicated, but you have to main, make sure that you guard your atmosphere. You guard what you, you know, has full access to your life. And then God will bless you. And then God will bless you for it. And so agree with God, agree with his word. I'm just running down some of these notes I wrote down. Uh, you're a brand new creature. Don't have an evil report of unbelief. Uh, you know, when, when God speaks to you and says that he's done something for you, believe that he did it for you and that it's yours and that you're going to walk in it. And if you want to increase, guard what God's already given. Uh, I want to finish. I won't go too long, but I just want to finish here in James 1. James 1, 26. James 1, 26. It says this, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle, his tongue. So what is a bridle? A bridle is like a horse's bridle. You know, it's the thing that they put in the horse's mouth to steer it in one direction or the other. A bridle. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle or put a, a guard, really, a, a, a directive force. You know, you make sure that you know what you're speaking. You know what kind of things you're, you're saying out of your mouth. If anyone thinks he is religious. I, I know I've read this like four times already. I'm sorry. Here's the fifth time. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. Man, I, Bible's powerful because you think of this. It says this, for as a man thinketh. So think of it. This begins in your mind. This whole process of faith that we talk about, it begins actually in your mind, not your heart. Because it says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then what does it say? It says, for out of the 
abundance of the heart, what the mouth will speak. And then that's why Proverbs 4 uh, deals with guarding your heart above all else. Is that Proverbs 4, 23? You know, because guarding your heart above all else, you guard what you allow into your mind first, and then you guard your thought life. And then as you guard your thought life, that those things produce something in your heart. And then once your heart is set on fire, and I know many of you have, have felt that, where like your heart's on fire, like you have everything in you that's right and pure and good. And then from out of that abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. And when, when you speak, things change. When you speak, God anoints your words because you've followed the process of faith. And so here at verse 26, for the sixth time, if anyone thinks he's religious or a Christian or a believer, a son of God, a daughter of God, but they do not bridle their tongue, they deceive their heart. This person's religion is worthless. Verse 27, again, just to drive it home, religion or Christianity or your walk with God that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this. It's to do this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And uh, I love it. These things go together so strong. To keep oneself unstained from the world. Woo, hallelujah. I don't understand how those things go together. How does, how does power of confession and righteous living go together? They go together in the Bible all the time. All the time. Bridle your tongue so that you don't deceive your heart. And if you deceive your heart, then your religion, well, I mean, ESV says religion, but your, your walk with God, what you're doing right now by listening to this podcast, trying to maintain that walk. It's worthless if you don't guard your tongue. Why? Because a walk with God, a, a religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit the orphan and the widow in their affliction. And then here's the master key again, to keep oneself unstained or undefiled or pure from the world. And so how do I guard what God gives me? But by the supernatural power of confession and by righteous living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll give you some scriptures, the, the scriptures that I uh, read, you know, just to help you with notes, if you take notes, and then you can re-listen to this if you want to. But here, Proverbs 18.21, write that down. Proverbs 4.18, write that down. Job 22.21, write that down. Ephesians 4.29, I didn't get to, but write that down. 2 Corinthians 5.17, that's the new creature verse, very famous. Write that down, keep it in your heart. And then finally, James 1.26, or what we dealt with today. And, you know, that will help you a lot. These things. How do I guard what God gives me? How do I maintain it? Not to stay where I am, but again, it's not about maintaining. It's about making your life in a place, putting your life in a place where God as he sees your faithfulness and your ability to guard what he's given, he says, okay, now I'm going to invest more. You know, no wise, you know, before we finish, no wise boss or overseer or team leader is going to give more responsibilities to someone that hasn't done well with the responsibilities that they've already been given. You know, God only blesses you more as he sees that what he's given you will be uh, effective and it's, it's done well. And, like I mentioned, how Alex has done more and, and greater and how God's blessed this ministry, the Last Gen Podcast. And I think now we're calling it the Last Gen Youth. Um, it's just supernatural, but it's not because it fell out of the sky or Alex won the lottery. 
And it just like, oh, God blesses who he blesses and he curses whom he curses. No, it's because Alex is a good steward of, of this ministry, that he loves you. I mean, those weekly um, Bible study group that he's doing, join it. Be a part of it. You know, he's getting up at what? You guys do it at 7 a.m.? Let me tell you something. I'll never be on that. <laughs> just kidding. But I don't wake up until like noon because I play baseball games until like 3 in the morning. Not like the video game, but I have a full baseball diamond in my room and then I just run around my room and hit uh, baseballs. No, but listen, um, the faithfulness of that, the faithfulness of being dedicated to do that discipline, it's powerful and God loves it. God loves that. And so you think, well, why am I getting up at 7 a.m. to log on to this Zoom thing? It's because you're guarding what God gives you by keeping your fire. And, you know, for instance, if there's someone from that camp in New Hampshire that you're watching because you just want to hear me preach or whatever, you need to be a part of that Bible study. I already said that on my Instagram, on my stories, but you need to be a part of that Bible study. Get plugged in. Stay plugged in. Keep your fire burning. You know, if you don't stoke your fire with more wood and more flame, it's going to go out. So keep it by being around those of like faith. And this is a great, I love this ministry because it's a great opportunity for young people to be around those that are of like faith. Make friends. Let your friends be a part of, you know, this uh, student ministry. You know, I'm not saying you can't have other friends, but you should make friends from this group and you should be connected to what Alex is doing. Help him. You should give to Alex. You should give financially to him. And uh, I'm going to bless him after this podcast. I just felt to do that. I'll send him, I'm going to send him some money because I love Alex. He's doing great. And, um, and I know you do too. And, you know, when, when money comes in and things like that, you should bless Alex. He's doing great work. And he's in Texas working because he has a plan to, I don't know what he's announcing, what he's doing, but, you know, he's like on fire, has a, a straight and narrow path he's on, and he's just following what God told him to do with all of his heart. And so, I don't know why I'm talking about that, but you should. You should, you should be plugged in, be a part of this ministry, and help him. And I, I know uh, God will bless you for it. And uh, so that's all I had for you, so let's pray out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person that was listening to this. And uh, God, if they watched it even multiple times, I thank you that your word shall just have even more power than it had the first time. I thank you, Father, that you're raising up in the final hour of time before Jesus returns a mighty, mighty army of young people that are unashamed of the power of the Holy Ghost, unashamed of your powerful, mighty word, and they shall do exploits in the mighty name of Jesus, they shall be used to do great things for the kingdom of heaven before time runs out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so uh, I hope this podcast blessed you. I love you very much. And uh, this is only going to increase this ministry, everything God's doing through Alex's life. And I can't wait to see it. And um, so that's all I had for you. I love you. I really do. Hope to talk to you again soon. If you don't follow me on my social media, you can find me by just typing my name, Preston Shuttlesworth, into your search bar on Instagram. Follow me for uh, dad jokes and weird tweets, and you'll be blessed. Um, but that's all I had for you. So I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a great week.